I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome to Burf Bar. Never in the same room, but always in the same room in our hearts. <laughs> um, the top of the episode, our important things are, who are our new Patreons and what are we drinking? So I have a whiskey drink, a lager drink, a cider drink, <laughs> and a soda drink. So. Sing the songs that remind us of the good times. And now there's only songs about the bad times. Yes, that's factual. <laughs> I have uh, a, I drank a bowl of salsa. Mmm, salsa drank. <laughs> and I have a raspberry lemonade booch with no sugar in it, oh. which is false. That's excellent. I like that you <laughs> called the kombucha company liars straight out the gate. Coming at the institution any. hard. <laughs> Those fuckers at the boots company. <laughs> okay, that's so, my savvy so bitch. That business out of, out of the way. New Patreons. Oh, the Athens Trail Sisters community continues to deliver. And Jessica Kay of Fluff Bakery is our newest Patreon. Yay! So, wow, we have almost their entire group. Uh, uh, it's, it's incredible to me. So All I right. can think of no finer way to spend a weekend day than... Uh, on a trail near Athens, the new, I would highly recommend the new Bailey's Trails system uh, near Athens, Ohio, and a stop at Fluff Bakery afterwards to have um, the sugar of delivery system of your choice. I'm sure they have other stuff. I only care about sugar delivery. <laughs> and then uh, a second Patreon who simply goes by CLV. So welcome to the Barf Club, CLV. I, I'm all night awake thinking about that. Very enigmatic. So, um, today's episode is so exciting, so exciting and special, and we don't hardly ever do interviews except for to crack open the things that I just want to blab and hear all about. And I, I'm super stoked for this one. So our guest today is Michaela Osler and she, uh, I don't know. I didn't even, I just. I'm gonna, gonna I feel I need I feel like I need to have a soundboard that just says like wow wow wow. <laughs> 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 uh, so she's on the on the show today because she recently accomplished a new female self-supported FKT or fastest known time on the Colorado Trail, specifically the east to west version, collegiate east, 560 miles. And I, I just nope, not 560? <laughs> 485. 485. Okay, there's, if you look at fastest known time, there's like east, west, west, east, collegiate, east, west, collegiate, so thank you for the clarification. Super, just super impressive, and I just, I have so many questions, so welcome to Burf Barf. Thank you. <laughs> We're lucky we can get you. We know you're already running the the adventure podcast circuit so we're very honored yeah, i get to, around you know <laughs> we're very honored to have you with us i'm, I'm glad you could take here i'm glad you could take a break from the press junket <laughs> yeah it was hard to fit you in but i know so. i know thank you thank you um i don't know i don't know where to start because the stats are the juicy stuff the like the scary stories or the juicy stuff like there's just so many pieces and this being uh i'll say more of a through hiking effort even though th the more we know right the more ultra running running hiking through hiking fast packing adventure rates it just continues to smush closer and closer together so whether you're a through hiker doing a fastest known time attempt or you're an ultra runner doing a fastest known time event it's the it's the same yeah, thing. It's it's a mushy it's a mushy stew of fast walking. So, <laughs> so give me the give me the stats on the route. So the Colorado Trail and the the route option that you picked, the why, all that good stuff. Okay, so it's about four hundred and eighty five miles, um, and I think it's a little less than ninety thousand feet of elevation gain over the whole thing. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah, I was doing like nine or 10,000 a day most of the days. <laughs> uh, I, I can't uh, with that. I can't with that's that. That's awesome. My, that's awesome. My, my small intestine just entered my large intestine. <laughs> just thinking about that. I didn't like feel bad most of the time. Some of the time it felt really bad. 
but other times it was kind of it's really well graded like it's it's a super well built trail like all of people kept keep asking me like oh what did you do when your feet got wet and like all but one stream crossing the entire time had bridges you know oh like, wow it was very pleasant <laughs> well unpleasant but like it could have been pleasant if i went slower you know pleasant <laughs> you've been to the appalachian trail so this is probably considerably more pleasant um yeah i think well <laughs> yeah i think it would be a pleasant trail at like 14 to 30 days you know but 10 and a half days was like pretty fast and i cried a lot yeah <laughs> and go ahead and uh state the outcome so we we're we'll dive to the end result too because i think it sets the stage for your entire experience so what did you do 10 days 12 hours 36 minutes oh and what Which, was the previous 15 days and change oh, 15 days two well, hours you obliterated it yeah you but obliterated like it. Okay. well yeah <laughs> okay you fed it dinner okay got it wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really appreciating, appreciate you taking the time before uh, doing your yeah, but things and just kind of rolling in it with us, like roll in your 10 days and 12 hours with us. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, you yeah. act, and you actually, uh, the previous female record holder, Olda King, actually stepped over you while you were saying, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though sorry, she said it, so the previous record holder, Olga King, did her FKT attempt in 2018, but she happened to be out on the trail when Michaela was doing <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, it was so happened. Um, so I had met, like, the etiquette is that you get in touch with the person who has that, say you're going to try to break it and ask them for advice. And she, like, she was really sweet and very encouraging. And she was like, I think you could do it in 11 days. <laughs> um, wow. so I was like okay <laughs> um and so anyways I've like looked at her blog a bunch she's done like a lot of races and um she's pretty cool and so I like happened to have this image in my head of like this Russian lady with an osprey pack like that's how I pictured her is that not, <laughs> is that not it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like google her that's like what you'll see and so Anyways, like midway through the trail, I was doing this thing where I would like sleep at the beginning of the night and then hike through the night and then like pass out in the middle of the trail for an hour or two in the morning, like right before the sun came up. And like usually sleeping in the middle of the trail at 5 a.m. is fine because no one is on the trail at 5 a.m. But like this particular morning, I was like feeling really bad. So I was just kind of like sitting there in my sleeping bag, like trying to get packed up. And all of a sudden, like this person who's wearing like a light belt. So I was like, oh, this is like kind of an ultra runner, but like also she has an Osprey pack. Like what a strange combo. Um, Start like comes down the trail. And then I was like, oh, sorry. And then this person in a Russian accent was like, oh, it's fine. I've done it a lot of times. <laughs> um, and so, I was like, oh, how funny would it be if that was Olga King? But like, didn't really think anything of it, you know? Cause like, how weird would it be if <laughs> Olga King just like stepped you over me in the middle of the you trail? You didn't know that it was each other when you guys saw each other? Oh my God. No, and she just like passed me. <laughs> also, um, you can't be the weirdo that says, even though I have been that weirdo before, you can't be the weirdo that says, by chance, are you Olga King? <laughs> yeah. Like, good morning. I think I know your full name. Is that true? Yeah, especially when you're somewhere super remote, like out on trail, and you're like, hi, this is weird, but I think I know you. And you're like, yeah. sorry, what? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what were the chances? You I know? love the legacy of that. Like literally just, you know, passing it to each other unbeknownst to either of you at the time. It's was awesome. she just out training? Uh, she said she was just out for the weekend, like out for a one night thing. With her Osprey in her life belt. Cool. That's wild. Uh, so why the Colorado Trail? Uh, well, and you tell me, Lauren, you want to hear about why the Colorado Trail first, or do you want to hear about her background getting into through hiking and all that good stuff first? I would absolutely like to hear about the through hiking piece because I think it's really critical to the story. Cool. How did you get here? What have okay. you done leading up to this? Okay. Uh, I'll start with my parents meeting because they met on top of a mountain um so they're both hikers um 
And so I grew up hiking and my dad had done the Appalachian Trail in 1981. So I grew up like hearing about this thing that he had done. Um, and when I was in third grade, my mom and I went on a road trip and her friend's daughter was through hiking the Appalachian Trail and we like stopped to visit her. Um, so and I like, cool. saw this youngish woman who was on the AT, like super dirty. I remember like, like, you know, like there were all these women and they didn't have shaved legs. And I like thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like that was this moment in my life where I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that one day. Um, Juicy. Love it. But then, yeah, I got to college and I was having a really hard time there and felt just super disconnected from myself. And so I actually took a year long leave of absence and I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, so between third grade and college, like how connected are you to nature and hiking during that time? Like when you're a freshman in high school, are you like the thing that I still do for solace is go out to the woods or did you do the like, no, I don't need nature right now. <laughs> Oh, I definitely, I, one time I like threw rocks at my dad cause he tried to take me hiking. So, so this is very reassuring to me. Cause there are times when I think I might've been a different person if I was like hiking the whole time I was growing up. And it's good to know that even if I was exposed to AT through hikers in third grade, I would still go through a teenage girl phase of being like, I just want to talk to my friends on AOL. <laughs> Absolutely. On the dialogue. Like <laughs> You know, um, yeah, I, I can't like pinpoint the moment when I was like, oh, I think I'm actually into hiking, but somewhere later high school, maybe. So, but you, so you're in college, you're feeling a little bit disconnected from who you feel like you are and you go and through hike the PCT. I feel like there's a few, few steps in there. Like, did you train before you did the PCT? Like how did, did you go buy all your gear in two days or? Also, I like, would love to say that you did it because you did the thing that literally everyone's like, nope, you can't take a year off because then you'll never go back. And then you'll just become some weirdo hiker trash person living in the back <laughs> of a van. Yeah, which I kind of feel like I balance those like two versions of my life a little bit. Like I kind of want to have just become the weirdo hiker trash person, but also I went back to college. You can Women can have it all. We can, can have it all. Yeah, it's fine. It's why you pigeonhole yourself, you know? Um, I led trips actually. Like I went away my last two years of high school. I did at a boarding school, like an international school in New Mexico. Um, I like got this scholarship to go there and they had like high schoolers leading backpacking trips. So I started leading trips. And then when I got to college, I was leading trips for the outdoor program there. Um, so I was kind of confident because I'd been teaching other people how to backpack for a while. But I think the big thing for me is I followed um, some bloggers and they would talk about this ultralight thing. And that was kind of unfamiliar to me. Um, and so I bought, I don't know if you've heard of Ray Jardine, but he's like the father of ultralight backpacking. Um, so I bought his book that he published in the early 1990s. That's just like how to be an ultralight backpacker in the 1990s. <laughs> like, what does that even look like? You just drill holes in everything you own? Yeah, he made all of his own gear. He wouldn't buy things. If you couldn't cut the label off of it, he wouldn't buy it. Um, and he wouldn't <laughs> all the labels off. Um, so he had some weird, he was, he's like a little weird, but <laughs> he had some good ideas too. Um, and so that's, I taught myself how to do ultralight and I did kind of end up buying a lot of gear. I actually was planning to do the Appalachian Trail until about three weeks before I left. What changed then, your mind? Um, I had, I, I, so I had like, okay. I, my mom is really into like psychic stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Give it. <laughs> she goes to see, or like she goes to these like psychic classes and like, it's like working on like your ability to be intuitive about the world. And so she had her teacher, her psychic teacher, give me a reading over the phone and the teacher I, I thought it would be like, your shirt is blue. You know, like I thought it would be like, she would like know all these things about me, but really she just asked me a lot of questions. Um, and so, so she's she, a counselor. Yeah. I, it felt Psychic, like therapy. Counselor, it felt same a difference. lot like therapy. <laughs> um, and she was like, are you, is it the walking that you care about or the land? Um, 
And I was like, oh, I really, I think it's the land. And I think the landscapes that I want are desert and then the Sierras. I'd worked at a summer camp in the Sierras for two years and I really wanted to be in those mountains. And so then I was like, why am I doing the AT? I should be doing the PCT. Awesome. And you just switched gears. Yeah, basically I applied for a permit and then I kind of forgot about it. And then the permit came in the mail and then I was like, yep, this is the thing I'm going to do. Wait, so what year was that? What year did that you- That was 2016. 2016. Okay. Oh, wow. Not that long ago. Holy mm-hmm. cow. So after the PCT, did you have through hikes in between the PC? Oh, you, yes. Cause yes. So after the PCT, what comes next? Yeah. Okay. So after the PCT, I took the tw- summer of 2017 off and then summer of 2018 was right after I graduated from college. I did the Constantial Divide Trail. Um, and no bigs. Huh? No bigs. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, I mean, it's relevant to the Colorado trail because a lot of this was like stuff I'd already hiked. Yeah. Um, and then summer of 2019, I did the Appalachian trail. So a triple crowner. Have you tattooed that on your body yet? Isn't that a requirement? (laughs) No, I haven't. I got like one, um, I had, I have like a Colorado or a CDT tattoo that my friend like did on my ribs. But that's like the you have a stick and poke on your ribs. No, it was like he had like a real tattoo gun. Oh, okay, okay. It was, you know, he puts the ram wrap on everything. It felt pretty. Yeah, that's legit. It was totally real. <laughs> it was a real tattoo. Fine, he wore gloves. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> cool. Um. Okay. So, 2016, 2018, 2019. Did you? Uh. Not to say that the Colorado Trail is a consolation prize, but did you have different plans for this summer? than doing the Colorado Trail? Uh, yeah, I was gonna like waitress and like make some money. <laughs> Sounds boring and bad. Hate that plan. Hate that plan. Then there was a pandemic. There was oh. a what? No. A pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I have heard. I actually, this isn't just my office and recording space. I never leave this room. So I don't know what's going on out there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's good then. I left this room all day. Like, do you think you would have done the Colorado Trail FKT attempt if not for COVID? No. Okay, silver lining to COVID item number two. Thank you, COVID, for allowing Kim to set the fastest run time. Silver lining number one was hardly ever having to wear pants. Number two, uh, Michaela would not have done the Colorado Trail. Got it. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. That's cool. my list. That's my Good. list. All right. Wear soft pants for six months. Don't yep. put on makeup. Mm-hmm. So we're up to the Colorado Trail FKT attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the Colorado Trail? Because um, it's close. I kind of was have been going back and forth between um, Colorado and New Mexico pretty regularly anyways to hike. And so I kind of felt like my, I think my dream FKT would have been the long trail because it's like home in Vermont. Um but I didn't feel great about going to do that. And also Vermont has some pretty strict, like you have to quarantine for a while when you go there. Um, so it's close was one thing. And also I felt like the 15 day FKT was pretty doable. Like it, it was good to go in, like really believing in myself. Um, I think that yeah. gave me a huge psychological boost, especially at the end when I could be like, oh, I could literally take three days off right now and still have an FKT. So get it. Still make it run for it. It was pretty, it helped me psychologically. I think if I would have been like down to the hours and minutes, like (laughs) I just would have been too anxious to finish. Yeah. It's like trying to chase cutoffs. Um, Mm -hmm. So what is your lead up time to this? So like, when did you know, like what is your preparation? And I don't know, I don't know your planning, uh, uh, type personality like are you a logistics detail spreadsheet person are you like the universal sorted out oh that's a yes yeah <laughs> like not, I, I would love to hear about that decision process and leading up to it not like someone who I know I know who is just like if we just dump tailwind in this sack and like one shoe we can run the Indiana 100 correct <laughs> I think I want to be more like that you know <laughs> Well, I think actually, so on like longer through hikes, really what I've learned is 
for a long through hike, like it is pointless to try to plan past the first couple weeks. Um, like every time I've tried to do that, I've just been like, why did I waste all that time? Mm. But for something like the Colorado trail, I wish I would have been a little bit, I wish I would have had a spreadsheet or like four. Um, and I didn't, and I should have. So basically what happened was, I don't know. I think as I started to realize I wasn't going to work this summer. Um, and I mean, I was like, um, I'm in grad school, so I was writing and preparing to teach and stuff like that. But as I realized I wasn't going to have a set schedule, um, I started to think about doing an FKT. Um, but I was coming off of this IT band injury um, and had it, like wasn't really training. The worst, the worst <laughs> um, of all time. The most insidious, terrible yeah, injury of all time. Pretty, I mean, basically, it just like knocked me out for six months this year. And it was gnarly because when I saw you guys passing through New Mexico in January, Michaela mm-hmm. was struggling with this. So that's a long time of having IT issues. Yeah, it was really like frustrating and very frustrating to like want my body to be able to do something and just like not be able to do it. And also like a difficult mental thing for me because I think I like push through a lot of stuff, right? Um, and that's like a thing that I'm proud of about myself usually, but this was like, okay, like, can I push through this or I probably could, but is that the right thing to do right now? Probably not. And it's never Um, the way you think it's going to go pushing through like injuries and pain where you always imagine that you're going to push through having like a broken leg or something. And what it is, is it's the injuries that are like, ow, ow, ow. And just like constantly getting worse and worse and worse as you continue to push through them. And I think IT band stuff and plantar fasciitis stuff are the worst. They're in that same bucket of bullshit that doesn't go away until you do the right thing and take care of it, which blows because nobody wants to take care of it. We all just want to keep grinding. Let us grind. But they're, I yeah. wanted to grind. Yeah. IT is a wall. I've been up against that wall. I had to take six full months off, so I get it. That's So did you feel like you had gotten into a good place before you decided to do the Colorado Trail? Kind of. I just wasn't really running that much. <laughs> um, Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, so your training for this was to take six months off and heal uh, an IT issue. And you weren't really that trained when you went in. No. You just relied on like crazy old lady strength. Um, I'm th- sorry. <laughs> You're not an old lady. But when you have a triple crown, you get to rely on old, crazy old lady strength because you're just like, this is just something I do. AKA experience where you just get to yeah. be like, oh, these are skills that I put in my bag a long time ago and they never leave. So when it's I need to, I just pull them, I pull those skills out of my bag and I throw it down. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that worked. Kind of. I mean, I think it was a lot of like, me- like I knew mentally, like I had a lot of the mental stuff there and also a lot of the logistical stuff. I was pretty confident in my ability to do it. And I went into this being like, I'll do it in 14 days, you know, and it's not like I wasn't running at all. You know, I think I did like a 55 mile week or something leading up to it, but like on flat. And also I went to Pennsylvania because my stepsister was getting married. So I like any acclimation to the elevation that I had, I lost like the week before (laughs) going on trail. That's right. It wasn't hard enough. So you made it harder. Yeah. Respect. That's, (laughs) that's what I did. So on trip so as you're thinking about how you break it up in your mind like are there i don't know the colorado trail very well is there like chunks that you broke it up into like did you look at this as like a day-to-day thing like how did you plan for this to go in your head from like a miles per day and chunk and resupplies a random question when did you start deciding to speed up from your 14 day goal (laughs) okay so i was like 14 days is like my like fallback plan i mailed myself food for 12 days and 12 days would have been about 40 miles per day actually yeah it would have been 40 miles per day um and so i kind of thought of it in terms of resupplies it was like 177 miles to twin lakes and then another 75, wait, I have this pulled up actually. 75 to, um, what's that called? Monarch Pass, or like there's an RV park there. 
And then um, another good chunk, like around 160 to um, Mollus Lake Campground, and then 75 to the end. And are all so these I, resupplies on trail pretty much, or did you have to go, they're close? Each one, no more than a mile off. Okay. Yeah. So you're not having to like try and hitchhike in the middle of this bullshit. <laughs> well, you can't. Ah, okay. I saw so many hitchhikers in Twin Lakes this week. I, I saw like four. Well, so you can if you're a normal hiker, but if you're going for an FKT. For oh, self-supported. Yeah, you, you can't get in a car. Yeah, no, 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 no. You shouldn't. And you know, that's, that's a good clarification. So Burf Barf listeners are from every end of different sports and disciplines. So we should explain this glossary of terms. So I already mentioned FKT is fastest known time. Within going for fastest known times, there's uh, fully supported, which means you would run it like an, you can run it with as many people as you want. You can have somebody carrying your shit. You can have an RV parked every two miles for you if you want. You can have uh, somebody running along next to you with a garden hose spraying you with water during a hot section if you'd like. Um, it, it really depends on what you need, but it just means that you have other people supporting you. Then there is self-supported, meaning you are giving yourself all the support, meaning you can send yourself resupply, you can cash water and stuff like that too, right, as part of that. Um, yep. And then there's unsupported, which most of the time seems insane, which means you are taking all of your food with you. You're not even getting resupplies uh, or anything like that. That's the- And then you're also water sourcing as you, you have to get your own water and then purify it as you go? Yes. You can't cash water. Like you can't cash anything for yourself. What kind of fuckers do that one? Uh, I believe Candace Bird did it for the Wonderland Trail. She did unsupported. But so as an example, long. no, but it's, uh, I think Wonderland's what, 130, 120, something like that. So it might be more than that. It's not very long. So the, so the ones though that are in like that, like 150 to 200 range, I think that's a juicy spot for doing unsupported to just like strap, I don't know, 80 pounds of food or whatever to your back and call it good. <laughs> so you went for the self-supported version, which means you're resupplying yourself uh and but you don't have anyone meeting you in a car anywhere you don't have you yeah you have no morals for you don't even uh, the same thing with self-supported you're not even supposed to have people meet up with you to be like yeah wait yeah. That, that's a big question for me like do you get to see your friends and family no you don't get to, no one's like rah rah and that's gray isn't it like yeah it's a little bit of a gray area because i think if they didn't like give me anything like any items other than hugs then you're allowed but then there's but they wouldn't they're not really supposed to come hike with you because then that's pacing and i also i kind of because troy my partner was like um he was gonna be in colorado for the weekend and he was like should i come see you and i was like i can't see you right now like i, I don't think because every time i called him i just like started crying because yeah i was just alone all the time and like yeah talking to someone I knew I just would cry and I was like I don't think that having another person here is like the right thing for me right now yeah if I have nobody to be pitiful <laughs> for I won't be pitiful that's my <laughs> mode that's my mode <laughs> so so you did the self-supported version you sent resupply to yourself you didn't have anybody meeting up with you you didn't have any pacers so just another reason why I had to do this fucking interview and hear more about this because this is not the norm and we continue to hear you know uh I think a lot last year with fastest known times i kept hearing like i hate to say criticism but i'll say a lot of acknowledgement or observation that like a lot of the women who did fkts weren't doing them solo or had a guy with them like guiding or you know whatever as their guru whatever so i just i i feel like women have really showed up this year and even the end of last season to be like that's fine you oh, yeah you, you want to get me on the details nope I'm you, alone. You fuckers <laughs> want to see more women doing stuff solo. Like that's yeah. not a big deal. I, I, uh, I got it. I'm out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I'm not going to patronize you by asking any fucking questions. Like, did you feel safe out there by yourself? <laughs> did you uh, carry a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had dog mace. I had mace for the dogs. I'm like really scared of dogs. Like I had like a dog attack me a year and a half ago. And so. I like had my little dog mace, but really, did you see any yeah. dogs on the CT? Oh, I had a really terrible experience when I was in like the lowest low of 
basically the last 75 miles I did with very little sleep and uh, it was a weekend and I was in a really like hiking out of a really popular trailhead and this person's dog came towards me and I like didn't even like have the emotional I don't know inside you're screaming and outside you're like uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I like he was like the owner could see that I was scared and I was like hey could you just please just hold your dog and he was like no he's friendly not like, acceptable. No, no. Thanks. Not acceptable. Thanks, guy. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for letting me know your dog's been. Did you like, grab him by the lapels and you were like, I've been out of here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was pretty close. And then I started composing this rant on Instagram. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yes, yeah, gonna In step mind, away. Like, oh, I've got so much to say about this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Post this picture, like, if you know this, this person. Yeah, put him on blast yeah. in your local town. <laughs> But then I was just like pure rage for like four miles after that. So they helped you finish. Yeah, thanks. Thank, thank you, random Me dog owner. Shitty dog guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to reverse again because I feel like we go through the trail for di different components. So we've talked about your resupplies and how you kind of broke that out into chunks. Uh, tell me about day one starting on the ct like uh, and i also i would be remiss and it, as a through hiker I, I feel like i have to ask you what gear you took and okay. what, and what gear you took and also what food you ate very important okay i'll do gear food day one yes okay gear um so my base weight which is the weight of all of the gear in your pack except your food and water um was about five and a half pounds <laughs> Whoa. I, take, I take more than that on my five mile runs from my house <laughs> i do too i feel like a terrible like when i'm running i'm like such an overpacker but when i'm hiking i'm like okay and that's some high level shit did Holy you take crap. a did you take a tent or what well i took a tarp okay and it's sort of like circus tent shaped okay um, like cool. it's like a little bit like pyramid but like it's missing half of the pyramid if that makes sense okay do you use uh, a pole to prop mm -hmm. it up okay yeah i have one trekking pole which i wish i either i think i wish i either brought two two trekking poles or zero trekking poles i'm really i want i'm one of my takeaways from the colorado trail is i want to go out and like do a time trial with trekking poles and non-trekking poles because i really i can't tell but I thought a lot about whether it was the right idea or not, and I did not have any answers. So you're I am like desperate to know the answer to that. Yeah, Lauren, you're you're a waver too. I feel like yeah, you some are days a I'm like I'm more powerful putting my hands on my knees, and some days I'm more powerful like doing the, the old lady wobble. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I mean, I think that no, I, I just don't even have anything intelligent to say here. I can't tell. Well, and the what fact that you with... haven't decided after uh, 10, 10 and a half days through the mountains tells me like, there may not be a there one answer. answer. There may not oh, be a good answer. That. That's like the thing I'm living for right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Bring answer is, the, the answer is poles. I mean, Europeans know better than us, right? Yeah, they, they take poles to the grocery store. I feel like for me, I, I, I think I tend to lean more towards poles because the assistance on impact when going downhill for me is such a big difference. However, I'm also yeah. not an ultralight hiker. So if I didn't have as much weight, maybe I wouldn't care so much about that. I feel like the step downs that are more than two feet when, light, when your quads are blown out is just like, I don't know how else I get down. I would just tumble head first. <laughs> So my quads did kind of blow out like the last 10 miles were all downhill i know i'm jumping way too far ahead doesn't but... matter we do whatever <laughs> this is our show we do whatever we want and you're part of that now you do whatever you want you talk about whatever oh, you man. want <laughs> so my quads did blow out and i took my trekking pole out for maybe it's because i didn't have two maybe it's because i only had one but i and also i was in a terrible mood so i was like i hate this and put it back away did you have it stuff uh, come up during the, you didn't because that oh, would be the other reason I would say to have polls but yeah oh praise Jesus praise him praise, praise him, him. <laughs> thanks Jesus um <laughs> yeah but that's part of the reason I'm like because I didn't know if I would or not my knees did I mean I had knee stuff just not it wasn't my IT it was like something else 
Did it you was, have any debilitating pains that were, where you feel like, oh, I'm dragging a dead leg behind me? No. no. Okay, awesome. That's amazing. I took a lot of ibuprofen. Yeah, got to. Yeah. And otherwise, you're just a giant blood sack. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you got to reduce the inflammation. So you've got your five pound base weight. You have a tarp. Five and a half. Five and a half. Get it right. <laughs> I'm sorry. This this is this is makes it so. And I know, like, you're not joking. Like that that half pound makes a big difference. I'm like literally looking around the room for things that could be five and a half pounds. I think the comically sugar, small. You know, what a is a bag it? of sugar plus another half a pound? A bag of sugar plus your cell phone. <laughs> I think the microphone I'm talking into weighs more than five and a half pounds. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you have a sleeping bag? Did you just do a bivy? I had a quilt. Okay. Um, and then I had a bivy too, like just a like Cuban, you know, what, like not totally waterproof, but sort of waterproof bivy. Did you have a pad, a sleeping bag? Oh, funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> I had an eighth inch thick piece of closed cell phone for half of the trail. And then I, one day I was getting water and I like, sat down and I was messing with my blisters. So I had my stuff pulled out of my pack because my pad usually lives on top of my pack because it's the last thing I pack. And I repacked my pack and hiked away and it was 15 miles to the next water source. And I was really good and didn't take my pack off the whole entire time, which is the most efficient way to do things. And so when I get to the next water source and take my pack off, there's no pad in it. How many miles in is this? Oh, how many miles into the whole thing? Um, Probably a little over halfway, I would oh. say 300. Yeah, um, like between 300 and 350. And so, then how did the shale feel inside your butt crack on the, all the other nights that you slept on the ground? <laughs> well, I, there's a lot that you can do with campsite selection. Did you consider going back for it or not even? I considered it for maybe a minute and a half. Okay, that's a long time. That's a long time. And yeah. did, was there... At that point, for your mental status, was there a little part of you that could see like, oh, this is a little funny? Or were you just like, fuck, fuck? Oh, no, I thought it was super funny. I actually was like, okay, I've heard of ultralight backpackers who do um, no pad, you know, to save weight. And so I was like, oh, here's my chance to try it. Like, I should have, I was crying like 20 minutes before that, you know, but like, that was like this moment of just like, kind of like clarity where I was like, this is my new problem and now I'm gonna solve it, you know? And now was the, now my base weight is two and a half pounds and I sleep <laughs> yeah, on the I ground guess. with nothing well, but a blade. Only weighed like two ounces, so it was kind of <laughs> you're sleeping that weighed two ounces? Yeah, it was pretty insubstantial. Huh. That's remarkable. So would you do it again without a pad? Like did you feel after that were you like that was a successful experiment or no? <laughs> no. The pad makes, keeps you warmer. Mm. I mean, I didn't really sleep that much after it. Like I did maybe two more four hour sleeps and then the rest of my sleeps were like two hours or less. Okay. Um, and so that was part of like how I made it work. But I think um, I got really lucky with the weather on this trip. And I like, I don't think not having a pad is like a safe thing to do. That was my next question because even in the dead of summer, on the CT at night, it can be anywhere from like 30 to 40-ish. And how was your nighttime weather? Um, well, so I did a lot of, like I said, I was sleeping maybe half the nights or so. I slept like right at the beginning and right at the end. Or all the other, almost all the other nights, I was only sleeping like four hours or so. And so I would try to hit like a warmer part of the night, not like the very middle of the night. Um, so that helped me stay warm. Um, how did you carry enough batteries to be hiking at night all the time? I had the full moon battery. No. Did you do that on purpose? I wish. I wish I were that smart. Oh, that's amazing. But yeah, my headlamp was the lowest off. setting. That's to, awesome. Wow. Yeah. You oh. glorious hippie. Yeah. <laughs> I only hike by the moonlight and I don't use a pad. <laughs> that's awesome. It's really that. good. It's was really it good. Magical? Did you, were you able to like appreciate the moment? Absolutely. Like the moonlight and stuff. Absolutely. That was, I was really scared of the dark before this. Um, like I didn't even know all the other times that I've tried to night hike. 
like I get to dusk and I'm like, mm, what if I just slept? <laughs> um, and I like go to sleep really scared. Um, so I, yeah, the first night I was like, you know what? I'm not afraid of the dark anymore. I just like told myself that until I got to bedtime. Um, and then after that, it was the moonlight. It was like, so like, I feel like so few people get to experience these places at night and like owls would fly, you know, magical. Really did you, simple. did you ever see anybody else out there at night? Um, well, I saw Courtney DeWalter. So it's <laughs> funny. Making her attempt at the same time as you, correct? Mm -hmm. Which is so wild. Like I, I just, the, the contrast of these two things happening at the same time. Like I kept seeing your progress and her progress. And I felt like, I know they're on the same trail, but I feel like I'm looking at alternate dimensions here where they don't <laughs> exist in the same plane. Were you guys going in the same direction? No, opposite directions. And she was, she was only like, what, two days in before she, she was only a couple days in, right? She made it, she actually made it like five days, oh. actually. And then she got acute bronchitis. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she was hospitalized and I was coughing at the end too. So I don't know if it was like the dusty air or if, or if Courtney Walter got you sick. Or Courtney Walter got me sick. Needs on you as she passed. Swishy basketball shorts and... Coughed on me and sent me on my way. <laughs> so is there is there an odd like uh, I I think I'm surprised to hear that she went in opposite direction as you did it because I think the way that you did it is the most common way to take a stab at it, right? Yep. So I wonder why she chose to go the other direction. I think if you're acclimated, the other direction actually makes a lot of sense. Um, the other, so if you start in Durango and go towards Denver, you basically go right up to 13 or like 12,000 feet and like, I don't know, maybe a hundred or something miles in, you're at 13,000 feet. Um, so if you're acclimated, it's fine and you can do it. And then the nice thing about that is your last couple hundred or like your last hundred miles of the trail are pretty chill. Um, and so if you're coming off of like a six day or seven day Colorado trail attempt, you might like that a lot. Um, but for me, I wasn't acclimated and I, yeah, I just wanted to do the lower elevation stuff first. Got it. She was attempting the supported, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, she had like, like, well, so I guess, so the pacer who, she had a pacer with her. Um, and later he messaged me on Instagram. And he was like, I'm a physical therapist. Like, how's your recovery? You know, he was really, oh, cool. really nice. She had like the PT table and they, I was looking at pictures. They had these like things on her legs, like these inflatable things on her legs. Like it was like, see, anyway. this is the contrast between doing self-supported or unsupported and full supported. Like it's, it is crazy to me what that gap is because yeah, it's it's the difference between doing like kind of bare bones and doing it with everyone you know and every kind of support person you could think of with you possibly. Which is yeah, like a, a light fluffy cloud that carries you along in some ways. Okay, but also she was going like twice as fast as me. <laughs> <laughs> so when you guys when you guys went by each other, like did it seem like she like was going by you like a speeding car? <laughs> no. Actually no. I don't know. I think she might have been walking. I mean, walking fast. Maybe that, she was running. That just means that when she's running, she's running that much faster to balance. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she stopped, she stopped and chatted with me. She was like, she, I was not wearing pants. Like, I was wearing shorts. But it was like the middle of the night. <laughs> okay. okay. And I told her I lost my sleeping pad. And she was like, do you have pants? Oh man, I want to do FKTs just to have that kind of experience where I meet up with other FKT women in the middle of the night to talk about if I have pants with me. That's adorable. It's you very sweet. Pants. But what was she going to do if I said no? Yeah, she give you pants. You. I bet you anything she would have given you pants. But you think? I guess them. she probably has a lot of pants. Yes. I bet she would have been like, Kevin's back at the trailhead. I will See? message back to him and there will be pants waiting for you. <laughs> She did give me a honey stinger. That was like, oh, it was very cool. Oh, I love what this. Babe. Oh, <laughs> that's babe so cool. Babes on the trail. <laughs> oh, it's so jealous. It's great. Uh, you touched on sleep a little bit. How much sleep did you get on average per night? 
3.9 hours. That's nothing for 10 and a half nothing. days. That's a long time. And to- some nights I slept six hours. So really a lot of nights I slept very little. Yeah, those last couple you did like two, you said? Yeah, so the last 135 miles, so I did, I slept for like four-ish hours when I had 135 miles to go, and then I slept two hours when I had about 100 miles to go, 95, and then I slept an hour or maybe an hour and a half when I had 75 miles to go, Whoa. and then I did a 45-minute nap with like 35 miles to go, and then another 15 math a 15 minute nap with 25 miles to go. And then I just cried the whole way. (laughs) Who wouldn't? Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, Uh, I have a couple questions. (laughs) Uh, What was your average moving pace? 2.5, a little over 2.5 miles an hour. Wow. Incredible. Given that elevation, that elevation is insanely brutal. My other question for you is when was there, if any, a moment where you felt like, Oh boy, I don't know if I can do this. So four days in, I made it to Twin Lakes, like the end of the fourth day. Um, That was 177 miles in. Um, And I hadn't slept the night before, or like, I I don't know, I did like an hour long nap, two hour long nap, like not enough. And like, I'm a sleeper, you know, like in my normal life, I'm like eight hours a night. Like I love to sleep. (laughs) Um, So that was very difficult for me. And so then... I camped and I took off my shoes and I'd had these really nasty blisters since the first day and I took off my shoes and I looked and they were like super red and pussy. And I was like, what do you think caused the blisters? (laughs) I was dumb in a lot of ways. So I'm like, I have been wearing Hoka since the middle of the CDT and I've always worn speed goats for through hiking, but I started running ultras last fall and I started wearing torrents for racing and I like them because they're lighter um but I just I don't like I don't know what possessed me to wear Hoka torrents on a through hike like it's 45 miles a day for 10 days like my feet were so sore and I only got them a half size too big instead of like a size and a half too big which is what I normally do and I know I have wide feet like you know like when they do the foot shaped thing Mm -hmm. like my feet are on the widest end of the wide spectrum (laughs) Um, like I'm like the very wide feet I don't know what possessed me but I just I had these shoes that were not right and I'd only run like 30 miles in them Anyways, I'm a little upset with my former self for doing that. So it was like totally, I have nobody to blame but me. I'm surprised though. So you're saying you normally do hokas and you ran on a pair of ultras. So like you're saying you went to- No, it's still hokas. Still hokas. Oh, okay. Different, like hoka torrents are their like kind of lighter racing shoe. And Got it. Okay. Speed goats are their like huge cushy, like so just when you picture support. a hoka shoe with the Got like it. foot and a half of foam, like that's- the speed goat. I'm also a clown shoe speed goat person. So I got, I got that part. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. I don't know how you wear hokas with a wide foot. I've got a wide foot and all hoka does is destroy the sides of my foot. I get men's and also they come in, they, they do a couple of them in wide now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We only run in men's my- shoes. So we feel you <laughs> <laughs> for real. Oh, so you're in your low, you're coming into twin lakes. Yeah. You've got, oh, yeah. Pussy, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I took pussy, my pussy shoe shoes off for the first time since the night before because I didn't take them off really or maybe I took them off but didn't take my socks off anyways I look at my feet for the first time in 48 hours and my blisters are like getting infected and so I just like went to sleep I was like I'll deal with this in the morning in the morning I taped them up but I didn't really have enough like band-aids and tape and stuff to like change them regularly (laughs) like I did not plan well um and so that next morning I'm like hiking up and over this ridge and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, I mean, if I, if this infection gets worse, like I have to get off trail, like I'm not going to lose my foot to get an FKT. Um, and I'm proud of you for having that thought. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I like my feet. I'm pretty pro feet. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's, you know, a common stance, but anyways, um, Yeah, so I was just like, and I'm gonna have to spend all this time, like I felt like I wasn't moving well. Basically I had to move all the time, except when I was sleeping in order to 
I don't even know because like I would have I was on pace for a 10 and a half day FKT then you know but I guess I was like so in my head about it where I was like it feels like I'm not going fast enough like I can't take time off to wash my feet um and so I just started being like what what are you doing like you didn't train you're not acclimated you didn't even pack enough band-aids you didn't get your shoes the right size like Oh, and all my food, I think I was in a bad mood because I hated all my food and I had like a, something was happening to my tongue and it was like really itchy to eat anything that was sweet or salty. Wow, and that's so, a weird one. Yeah, that was a good one. What are your foods of choice? Like, what did you bring and with what did, you? What did you bring that you hate? All of it. Um, cliff bars. Oh! The absolute worst food ever made. <laughs> no, I love cliff bars. I hate cliff bars now, but up until the Colorado Trail, I'm like... I love Cliff Bars. Really? Wow. I have done all of all three trails, like 8,000 miles of hiking, Cliff Bars. They're like chewy poop with frosting to me. No, I they have... taste like you get hungry enough and they like have all these subtle flavors. <laughs> I've never you, experienced But you hate them now, so you've come to the dark side with the rest of us. Yeah, well, by the end of the trail, I was back to like, they're all right, but... Yeah, in the middle there, I was like, these are not, and I had this happen to me with Kind Bars, like, a while ago. I was eating one one day, and I was like, I never want this in my mouth again. (laughs) See, this is my fear, and one of the things I don't understand with through hiking, and maybe it just comes with practice, but, like, I'm gonna try for the FKT on the Sheltweed Trace Trail again this fall, and you know, Andy and I are thinking about all the foods to bring so that we don't have to visit grocery stores in the area and spread our germs and filth around and whatever. And I'm like, I just feel like there are no foods that I will, like, I can't imagine what foods that I will want when I'm halfway wet into tortillas. it. Like, wet, wet tortillas. <sighs> yeah, I wanted real food. I really, I'm a vegetarian and I was like, I would eat a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> eat the shit out of a dead car sorry <laughs> you got to the darkness oh, yeah yeah right. oh and we swear all the fucking time on this part oh, okay, okay. so there is no editing <laughs> yeah carcass yeah because this is who we are we are swear words um so so you had cliff bars what else don't tell me uh, you had five and a half pounds of cliff bars <laughs> cliff bars well so five and a half pounds is no food so then i had like another five or eight pounds of food i guess okay um I had nut butter packets. Um, I had Ritz peanut butter crackers, mm-hmm. um, Milano cookies, Sour Patch Kids. Every day I had one tortilla with cheese and I wanted like 7,000 more. Um, I ate, I love Snyder's honey mustard and onion pretzel pieces. Mm. Those are really good. Those Those, are, I never got sick. thousand calories a bag somehow. Like mm-hmm. so calorically dense, like perfect. Yeah, like a lot of fat too. I love it. Yeah. And the salt. Oh, really good. Um, and then I had ramen that I cold soaked in my peanut butter jar. And I initially had like cold mashed potatoes. I was going to do cold mashed potatoes too. And I just like could not do it. So I ditched the potatoes the rest of the time. Did cold you resu- really grosses me out. <laughs> Did you resupply yourself with the same things each box? Okay. So you gave yourself the same variety each time. Yep. Yeah. The same exact food. I had some of them. I had honey buns in. Those were exciting resupplies. That's the <laughs> only thing I want to hear about. Honey bun is the only way to fuel yourself when you need yeah. calories in two minutes. I really believe that. Yes. Um, and when you're self-supported, you can't like stop at a restaurant, right? No, you can. You can. Okay. Okay. Did you? There were no restaurants. Okay. I thought, does the trail not go like through Twin Light, Twin Lakes for real? Um, I got there, I guess maybe the restaurant would have been open. Like I got there kind of late. It was like 830. Okay. Um, so the guy at the store had left my box out. It was very sweet of him. Oh, he left no. my box and some noon and some ibuprofen. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. that's really oh, nice. People. Yeah, yeah. it's really what I needed. <laughs> He's like, okay. this happens all the time. Here's some noon. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I asked him on the phone. Oh, oh I was going to say that was very intuitive. <laughs> I was like, what do you have that's caffeinated? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was like, I yeah. guess I have this noon. <laughs> yes. So I want to counterbalance I, one of my other questions with something more mm-hmm. positive, which is, I want to know when is the moment you were, when you were like, oh, I fucking got this. Um, so day one, I did 45 miles in 
maybe 17 hours. I moved pretty well. I mean, it was like a little over three miles an hour. No, so more like 15 hours, I guess. Yeah, it was like, I started at 7.45, ended up at 10 and I was, um, did 45 miles and I was like, oh, I'm so strong. I'm gonna do 250s the next two days and then I'm gonna get to Twin Lakes the middle of day four. <laughs> and days two and three sucked. <laughs> like, and I did not do 250s. <laughs> I was like in so much pain. My hips hurt so much. Um, and I was like, I started getting nosebleeds and I was like having a terrible time and I couldn't eat enough and I was dehydrated. My food, I hated all my food and I was always hungry. But I decided, I like got it in my head that I was gonna get to Twin Lakes on day four. Cause if I didn't get there like Sunday night, um, I would have had to wait all the way until like nine or 10 a.m. on Monday morning when the store opened. So I would have lost a ton of hours. And so, I mean, it kind of made sense to like push that hard, but also I think I just like got it in my head and then like couldn't get it out of my head. Um, so once I did that, I started being like, okay, what if I just, well, so I listened to a couple podcasts and audiobooks about not sleeping. And I started to be like, I think I want to try this. I think I want to see how little I can sleep and still make this happen. Um, and and how did you do with sleep de deprivation you said you were you're a sleep baby as a as am i um did it go well first of what you thought or did you were you like this is the worst part of this whole thing <laughs> i think it definitely made it more emotionally difficult i think especially by the end like i had like no emotional reserves left you know i could not i don't i tiniest little thing and you're just like <laughs> yeah like a dog but I, yeah, but, yeah but i needed a peanut butter pretzel like whatever yeah. It, yeah it was really i mean that whole day i just wanted it to be over i was like starting because you know how you start you start to do like micro sleeps you know so i would like squat to pee and like fall asleep oh yeah um and that was scary for me and i would like trip like i you can't see it anymore but this my whole arm was like a huge bruise because I like tripped and it's like landed on my arm. I like threw my phone. I like raged. <laughs> my headphones were stuck in the water bottle holder of my pack. And I was like so enraged. I just like yanked on them and like broke my headphones. Oh. <laughs> it was like, I was like having a temper tantrum. <laughs> we call that getting rammy and we know about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the story you tell yourself or the anywhere from like a small mantra to a sentence to a whole story that you tell yourself about yourself in order to keep you going oh i for a while i was like oh gosh what was i saying um like i'm focused i'm capable like oh shoot i wish i oh, remembered i was enough, like, like that's you. enough to make my hair stand up <laughs> <That's good. laughs> like you're focused you're capable like you're strong or something like that um because i kept like i I was, I had a lot of negative self-talk and actually like my big takeaway from this was like how much negative self-talk I like constantly engage in, um, especially when sleep deprived, I guess. But also, yeah, I like thought no one would care. I was like, well, I didn't break the men's record. Like this doesn't even matter. Like, um, that's what yeah. you were saying to yourself. Oh, I was, I was so mean to myself and I kept like, I was doing 75 miles without sleeping at the end. And I kept being like, why aren't you going three miles an hour? I bet if you had a pacer, you'd go three miles an hour. Um, Isn't that shit crazy? The stuff that we, that we tell ourselves, like I'm continually surprised by that. Like how quickly my brain lets that switch go off to be like, you're like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing the thing. Like, what else yeah, do you like, want from me? E easy. easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just need some caffeine. Yeah. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. And was that a new, you said that was one of your takeaways from this. Have you not had that as much negative self-talk on previous through hikes before like you know was this a new piece for you or it's just it finally brought to light like oh this is the thing that maybe i want to be different in the future i think more finally bringing it to light i think that i i do that whenever i'm not walking three miles an hour consistently all day long and not taking any breaks you know <laughs> like i just have this like really unrealistic standard for myself um yeah yeah that's I something think everybody needs to work on i know i i go from like if i'm not like winning I, if i'm not if i'm like 
fucking killing it. I'm like, you're a badass. You're a badass. And then if I like start to slip in any way, I'm like, the whole thing's fucked and you ruined it all. Might as well <laughs> lay down. Might as well lay down. <laughs> so I get it. I didn't have that though. I didn't have the like, might as well quit part of oh, it. Oh, good. So even though you were giving yourself all these like kind of pokes and prods, like, well, you're not even going to beat the men's record or whatever. You were still like, well, but I'm, I am still doing well. So I will keep going. Mm-hmm. I was always like, I'm going to keep going. This is just really hard and I'm not doing as well as I'd like to be. And it would be really cool to get even like a mile or two ahead of where I need to be so I can relax. I think it was like a lot of anxiety too. Nonstop for days. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of badass stuff. Is this the hardest thing you've done? I think this is tied with um, when I was on the Appalachian Trail, um, Troy and I, and my dad paced us for a while, did the, this hut traverse. So the Appalachian Mountain Club maintains um, all these huts in the White Mountains. And you can do this like 53 mile hike slash run with oh, something crazy, like 18,000 feet of elevation gain or you know just something like truly horrendous like you're constantly going up or down um and that took us you're supposed to do it in 24 hours it took us 23 hours to go 53 miles and I (laughs) cried like the whole last hour we go down then you have to go back up (laughs) I just cried the whole time that was really really hard and it was the middle of a through hike and I think I just was like had been running a calorie deficit for like a month at that point you know and just it's really broken down yeah, that's like um, being on a treadmill for months and then just like turning it up to eight and being like, why? Why? Why are we doing this? Why didn't we make yeah. it harder? <laughs> yeah, it did happen. Wow. wow. If you did the CT again, would you, uh, well, I guess I should ask, would you do the CT again? Yeah, I think I've forgotten how much it sucked. Um, if you would have asked me that like a week out, I would have been like, that sucks that's so That's how much. this works. <laughs> And if I ask you again in a month, you'll be like, well, I think I'll do it next September. <laughs> yeah, I'm already like looking at the men's record and also actually the unsupported record. Um, like and that I thought was good. a lot about how you could do the strategy. I think you could get it down to eight days and I think you could carry eight days of food. And that was going to be my next question is if you would do it self-supported again or do supported or unsupported, but you're a nut job. So you want to do it unsupported checks out that completely you need to go faster and carry more weight uh-huh yeah but i did not train like i don't know how to stress enough that i just like did this thing okay you just magood something that <laughs> takes people a lifetime to to do i don't know so hannah did a short piece for you in iron far on your fkt attempt and there were so many like juicy bits in there that i really loved and so it was funny to see the contrast of you talking about your your comp- competitive level and how you really in the future don't want to divide like, hey, I'm going for the female record. You're going for whatever the overall record is, female, male, whatever. While at the same time being like, I I didn't train very much <laughs> train very much for this. So like I love that we get to be all these things, right? You can also be the person who's like, in the future, I don't give a shit what your gender <laughs> is. I'm gonna beat your time. While also being like, this time was like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so um I I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about your mentality for future FKT attempts and how you how that view change maybe from your experience with this yeah oh I have like a ton of mixed feelings about this I'm still trying to figure it out um because I do think that I guess I don't feel like anything that slowed me down like I said in that piece like I don't think that the things that slowed me down were sex or gender related like I think it was like not training and being lazy in the morning and whatever you know (laughs) um and so like yeah, I tend to think like you get past a certain distance and I'm like, okay, yeah, I think that I don't know how much sex or gender matters. Um, and so I guess, but then the other hand is like, I don't think I would have tried this if there wasn't a woman's category for FKTs. And I just did the thing that's tied for the hardest thing in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? wow. yeah. Um, and I'm like, it was really hard and I did push myself really hard. So, um, 
yeah, I think for future FKTs, I'm like, I want to really push myself as hard as possible. I'm like suddenly having this experience where I've been on two podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're famous. Your podcast yeah, you famous. You're famous. <laughs> I'm putting my name on this thing that I did that was 10 day, 10 and a half days, but I think it could be done faster, you know? Wow. Awesome. So, like you're a pioneer. I, another thing I'll say is like already two women have gotten in touch with me and have been like, I'm trying to be, break your record. And I think having this mentality of being like, what I really care about is proving that women can do it faster than men um, oh, has made me like so able to just have like complete equanimity about them taking my record or not. Cause I just am like, I want you to succeed because I want all women to succeed. I love that about you. It's really That's good. Awesome. Like I took the baton this far. Now you take it from me and take it that much further. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's really good. Wow. Um, what have we not asked you about your experience that we should, or that yeah. you want to share? Like, yeah. Like want us to know, did you wipe your butt with a cactus or <laughs> yeah. no. I, did I wipe my butt with a cactus? No, I kept having like, you I had did to think was... about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty good at like finding wiping materials. I guess that's all I'll say. <laughs> I've got, I have, I'm a woman of a few skills and that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that I like to, I just want to acknowledge also that I was hiking on like you Pueblo and Cheyenne land that like matters to me to acknowledge about like whenever I'm doing something in the wilderness. So yeah, I, like to say. I know you called out on social media, um, to donate to the Ute pack, which we already have that link up on our social media. So please donate to the Ute pack to, uh, help support indigenous sovereignty. So um, I super appreciate you calling that out. Awesome. Cool. Man, we cannot thank you enough for joining us on Burf Barf to talk about your incredible accomplishment. You're such an interesting and tough person. And we agree fully that women can do things as hard as men and do them better. So really glad to hear your voice speak to that truth. And we'll have you on after you do the next crazy fucking thing you do. We sure would love it. We sure <laughs> oh would love my gosh. it. After you rest up and get your brain right and whatever. Yeah, um, we, can't, we can't wait to see what you do next. And we're, we're proud to call you friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you both so much for having me. This has been really, really fun. Good. Awesome. Until next time. We are Burf Barf. Burf.